When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everybody, welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm your host, Cody Schultz, and today I'm joined once again by a frequent guest of the Netflix Life podcast, Netflix Life editor and co-host of the CW Spiral podcast, Reed Gowdens. Reed, how are you doing today? I'm very well. How are you, Cody? I'm doing good. I'm excited. We've finally got the Netflix release uh, schedule for April. And I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed by March. It was a little bit quiet. I know people probably listened. I gave it a very low rating. It was quite harsh. But April seems like a pretty busy month for Netflix, which I think is the sign of a a good stretch ahead. We know there's going to be a huge summer. And so I feel like this is the perfect, like, intro into these major months of May, June, July. Yeah, same. It looks like there's a lot more big things coming throughout the month unlike March. Yeah, which is kind of a nice change of pace. So before we dive in and react to the full list of um, must-see shows and some of the non-Netflix originals we're kind of looking forward to, here is your breakdown of every Netflix original show and movie coming in April 2022. We've got Along for the Ride, Almost Happy Season 2, Anatomy of a Scandal, Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood, The Bubble, Bullshit the Game Show, Choose or Die, Elite Season 5, Get Organized with Home Edit Season 2, Grace and Frankie Season 7, The Final Episodes, Hard Sell, Heartstopper, Jimmy Savile, A British Horror Story, Metal Lords, The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes, Our Great National Parks, Ozark Season 4 Part 2, Return to Space, Russian Doll Season 2, Selling Sunset Season 5, Senzo, Murder of a Soccer Star, The Seven Lives of Leia, Smother-in-Law, Trivia Quest, The Ultimatum, Season 1, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. So we've got a lot of originals, a nice mix, I feel like, this month of series, movies, and documentaries. Of course, there's also a lot coming on the family end of things as well, and I think there's some new anime titles coming. So no shortage of Netflix originals this month. No, but I will say the movies there is not like a huge one like we had with the adam project in march but there's a good selection yeah i feel like it's going to be an interesting month for movies i feel like we kind of are seeing a flip-flop last month was a little bit bigger for movies and not as many like series this month we're kind of going back to the series angle um i kind of like that i'm more into the the netflix original shows typically than movies um, I'm just bad with movies in general because they are self-contained stories. I have to pay attention where I'm someone who I like, like being able to mess on my phone and like text people back and forth, like while I'm watching something or multitask But with a movie, I get lost. Like if I, if I miss a scene, if like I'm paying attention to something else and then I have to go back. And so series, I feel like are a little easier for me, but that's just my weird preference. I mean, same. And I, they're also easier to watch throughout time you can't just like (laughs) i don't like starting a movie and then picking it up the next day so it's easier to watch just an episode here and there yeah it really is and so i feel like the one movie that does stand out to me this month in particular is the bubble um which this movie i've had a love-hate relationship (laughs) with 
since they announced it, it's coming April 1st, and I, I, along with a lot of other people, thought this was like some kind of elaborate April Fool's Day joke. Because when they announced it, they kind of announced, like, they put out this cast poster, and it's got an amazing cast. Um, and it was kind of like, what was it, like the sixth or seventh movie in a sequel? And I'm like, wait a minute, what in, what in the world? Yeah, I thought it was like um, one of those like weird sci-fi movies, like Sharknado. And I was like, well, how did we miss the first five? And then I like really took a good look at the poster. I was like, hold on, that's Leslie Mann. Hold, that's, that's the Mandalorian. <laughs> I was like, wait, this isn't... And I thought it was they just put together some like April Fool's joke and were doing like a long con on us because that was early March when they started announcing it. But I do think they waited a little too long to reveal that it was um, a movie within a movie for the new Judd Apatow movie. (laughs) Because I think some people still think Cliff Beast 6 is real. (laughs) Yeah, it's because they even set it up on social media with like, which is your favorite Cliff Beast franchise? Oh, and they yeah, like had they went, like everything. They went hard. They made six posters for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> I know. And it's funny because like in our threads, I'm like, what is this a real thing? Like, I don't know what to make of this. I was confused. And I'm someone who follows Netflix's every move. And so it's like, if I was confused, I can only imagine what the casual fans probably were thinking. Yeah, like an hour later, you were still like, but wait, what is it? And we were all like, we had all already <laughs> understood what was happening. <laughs> yeah. So for those who are interested in the movie, it's it's a comedy about a group of actors and actresses stuck in an inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel, basically trying to complete the sequel to this big action franchise about flying dinosaurs, which I'm not too ecstatic about the flying dinosaurs part. Um, but it has a huge cast. Like you said, it's got Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, Leslie Mann. We've got Karen Gillan, uh, Keegan-Michael Keyes in the cast, David Duchovny, um, Iris Apatos. I mean, we've got a lot of big actors and actresses attached to this movie, which I think is what kind of tipped us off of like, hey, if this had just been an April Fool's Day prank, dang, they went all out with like the cast. Yeah, but it does. It looks like it'll be fun. And the April Fool's Day uh, release date is not shouldn't be lost on anybody. It looks like a very silly time. It'll be fun and it looks kind of different than your usual Judd Apatow movie. It's a lot. Um, how do I put that gently? Um, it's a lot <laughs> like <laughs> usually does very like, uh, like dramedy and this feels very comedy forward. Yeah. I think April 1st is a good timing for it. I feel like that's a perfect day for a new comedy. It's just, I don't know about the promotional plan. That one was a little interesting to me, but um the month definitely has a lot of amazing shows. I'm kind of curious to see which, I think I know which ones you're like must see of the shows coming this month. Yes, I'm very excited for Russian Doll. I hope that was the one you thought and it wasn't Ozark. No shade to Ozark. <laughs> um, <but laughs> it's been, I want to say, over three years since the first season of Russian Doll came out. I don't think many people know that season two is coming, but it is on April 20th. And I want to say it's probably one of the longest waits for between seasons besides maybe Stranger Things. Um, but yeah, season two, I'm very excited. It has Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek in the new season. So I'm excited to see her and just to see how they continue the story because it felt like it could have been very self-contained. But I'm looking forward to seeing how they open this world back up and do all the crazy, funny things that they do. Yeah, this one was, it's funny because I was one of those people who, 
I almost thought it'd end it. Like, there had been, like, so little news between since season one had dropped. And it's like, what is going on with this show? And then, like, suddenly out of the blue, Netflix is like, surprise, here's season two coming in April. And I think it'll be interesting to see what the reception is. I always worry when a show takes such a long break. It's like, either it's going to help the show, like, because the fans are going to be, like, finally, they're going to just dive into it. Or there's going to be people who completely forgot what happened they've fallen off they'll see it in like the queue and be like oh i have to rewatch it and they're just like add it to the mix and so i feel like it's a gamble you take when you hold off on a show like you you lose that that buzz that people are invested in right away because they start going and watching other shows and when a show's not on for several years it does it's hard to keep up of like what happened last and so maybe that'll work in its favor like people will see season two's coming and rewatch season one um, or people who haven't yet watched it will get that see you know be like oh a new season's finally coming i'll go ahead and watch season one now because I'm one of those people that if I haven't seen a show and like a month passes on Netflix, it goes into the the queue of like death. <laughs> like It just stays there forever. I'm like, I'll get to it when it eventually comes back. And then if a show doesn't, it just kind of sits there collecting dust. And I feel like, unfortunately, um, Russian Doll might have been that show for a lot of people just because of the gap between seasons. Yeah, unfortunately, the timing was a little bit out of Netflix's hands because season one premiered in 2019 and they were going to start filming in March, 2020. And we all know what happened in March, 2020. So production got pushed to the following March. And now we're here in March, 2022, (laughs) two years later from their intended uh, start date. Um, But I do think because it's only, I want to say it's only eight episodes, the first season and the second season. And they're only like 35 at most minute episodes. So it's a quick binge. So if you haven't watched it, it's a quick like, weekend project a fun weekend project and i think it will we'll see it in the top 10 as people rediscover the series and maybe even discover it for the first time they have 16 episodes of a show they've never seen so it'll be fun yeah it'll be interesting i think the nice thing about this month too is we have a lot of variety um because we of course have you know selling sunsets coming back for another season so there's your reality we've got some documentaries um you know such as the white hot rise and fall of abercrombie and finch We've got um, Choose or Die, which I believe that's a horror movie, um, a British horror movie, I think, maybe, um, about a 1980s video game that suddenly transports people into a surreal world of next-level terror, which I don't do horror, but enjoy that one for all you fans. <laughs> um, I think what's most interesting is how many originals we're getting this season, of like or this month in terms of like new seasons. We're getting Elite Season 5, which Elite has a really big fandom, we already know it's renewed for season six, so I'm sure that one will be a big hit. I'm also very puzzled by the decision to bring back Grace and Frankie and Ozark for their last season, like their last batch of episodes, the exact same day. I know they're two totally different shows um, in terms of the audience there. I don't know what the crossover might look like, but it feels weird for both of those seasons to arrive on April 29th. Like, give them a few days, like make one a Wednesday release, give it a week. Like it just feels weird to do two of your biggest hits, drop their final episodes on the exact same day. Yeah. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's very puzzling. You put your biggest comedy, you're not, it's like, it is the biggest comedy. Like it's the longest running Netflix comedy. It's the most popular, I think. So you're putting those final episodes against the biggest Netflix drama, which is airing its final episodes It'll be a busy weekend. I'm sure there's overlap between the two seasons because they skew older. Sorry, that's just the truth. Um, (laughs) So it'll be a busy weekend for fans of those shows. Um, 
but I fear that Ozark might be overshadowing that a little bit. Yeah, I just, I really don't understand this. Like, if it would be one thing if it was, like, a smaller show riding off into the sunset quietly. Um, but, I mean, these are two shows that could easily be, you know, competing in different categories come the next Emmy cycle and during the next award seasons. I don't understand burning them out the same week. Like, we've seen Netflix tends to be strategic in dropping big releases, like, a week apart just to give them their own time to get that audience pop up in the top 10. That way they can, you know... T- Claim a week at least is number one. It's just puzzling to see both of those arriving the exact same day. And it's like, will it pay off? I mean, like I said, we've got maybe a little bit different audiences with one's definitely a comedy, one's a drama, a dark drama at that, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. I always wonder when some of these, it's like you go feast and famine. It's like we go weeks with, like they could have easily dropped one of these, I feel like in March. They could have saved one for like the first week of May. Um, it's just a puzzling decision. I, I can't, I could talk in circles around it. I don't understand either. They dropped randomly four episodes of Grace and Frankie. I want to say in August, 2021. I don't know what has taken so long to drop the last 12. It's all, it's weird all around. It feels like it's very rushed for a show that deserves a bigger send off. Um, but I'm sure everything will work out and they'll get their Emmy nominations right under the wire. <laughs> yeah, I almost I wonder if that is played into it. I don't know when like the deadlines for certain awards shows are, but I don't feel like it's in, in April. Um, it might be in May. And maybe that just means that there's more good comedies coming in May. I'm crossing my fingers for Dead to Me, but we won't get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I almost am like afraid, like, is Netflix trying to get out some of this stuff ahead of May, just knowing Stranger Things is coming and that's going to literally dominate the netflix sphere for a bit like people have been waiting so long that they could drop something else that day and people would be like wait what i all i care about is stranger things that month yeah and we have stranger things book ending summer so <laughs> it's gonna be a weird one yeah it's definitely it should be an interesting summer but looking just at the month ahead too we also have a new show coming um Anatomy of a Scandal, which they're billing as a limited series, which I'm like, is this going to actually be a one season thing? Or I never like limited series, I feel like is such a blur now because sometimes they'll say it's one season, but then it becomes a breakout hit and they're like, oh, we can do more. And then you get a second season. Yeah, I could see it being an anthology because Anatomy of a Scandal is a very broad um, Mm -hmm. title. See, I like anthology series. Like, I, I love that you keep like the same thing, like same maybe themes, but shake up the characters and story. I don't feel like we have enough anthologies. Like people, they they love to build things as a limited series and then be like, oh, we can do another 10 episodes with the same characters. But then you can tell like they didn't plan for that. Like sometimes it's just the network wants the hit. Um, this one sounds really compelling though. It, it hails from David E. Kelly and um, Melissa James Gibson. It's a psychological thriller um, and a courtroom drama, which is really intriguing to me. Um, both of those are genres that I, like courtroom stuff, legal stuff, thrillers, um, and it's, it's something about it infiltrates the Britain's elite through personal political scandal where the truth lies between justice and privilege. I'm really I'm not too familiar with the cast of this, which can sometimes be interesting with some of these different shows. I feel like it helps you get more into the characters when it isn't maybe a big name actor that you like recognize immediately. But this one just has like it's dropping April 15th, right in the middle of the month. I feel like this could be a sleeper hit for Netflix. A lot of their thriller limited series are dark horses they come out of nowhere and people are watching them they talk about them they have a longer shelf life because 
people find them through word of mouth. And I definitely can see this one having some legs. I'm not particularly um, going to rush to put this one on my watch list because courtroom dramas are kind of, <laughs> for lack of a better word, boring to me. <laughs> Even in a show like How to Get Away with Murder, the second they got in that courtroom, I was like, wake me up when Annalise is doing something sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was the complete opposite with how to go away with murder. I'm like, give me more of like, I love Annalise is a, and like when she put her in, I'm like, let her loose in that courtroom. She just, you did not want to be on the opposing end yeah, of the council amazing. table. Like, I, I had like a, I don't know how to go with murder is like an interesting one to me in general, just because there was it had its ups and downs for sure over the years. Like there were definitely some dips, but the one constant was Viola Davis. I just, mm-hmm. she needs to do I, I, anything. And I will watch it. I don't care if it's a show, a movie. She can do no wrong. She's one of those like actresses that just is phenomenal in every single role she steps into. She needs to do a Netflix original. I don't know if she's done a Netflix show. I don't think so. She's Maybe done a Netflix, Netflix movie. movie. She's done a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. She needs to... Oh, that'd be so good. She's doing... I want to say an Apple one. She's playing Michelle Obama. But that's not Netflix, so we need to get her on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Netflix, you need to find a role, any show. Bridgerton season five. <laughs> you, I'm like, my first mind is like, put her on you season four. Like, Annalise, she can get, she'll bring Joe Goldberg to justice. She'll put him in his place. <laughs> like, um, or Emily in Paris, give her, her girl Emily, like, a powerful, you know, figure in that one. Like, I'd Emily love that. Emily goes to court. <laughs> Viola can only play lawyers, apparently. <laughs> I could honestly see like Viola would be like incredible in Emily in Paris like I just see her like being one of those like fashion moguls at the top like one of those forces that you walk in the room all eyes go on her like she just commands that attention I would love to see her do we just turn this into Viola Davis hour but I'd love to see her do something more fun because I feel like a lot of the stuff that she does is so serious and she's amazing in everything obviously but you bring up Emily in Paris and I'm like hold on you're making a point <laughs> people don't realize she's hilarious too like if you watch her interviews like on the red carpets or talk shows like she's just got such an infectious personality like she's just got this warmth and like this comedic type like, when she talks about like some of the different stuff she's so real and she would i'd love to see her do like a comedy um on netflix something it can be an existing new we just need to manifest that and get netflix to sign viola davis as some kind of deal <gasps> Ooh, manifest season four <laughs> <laughs> I am so ready to talk about Manifest when that finally drops. I'm like, I'm counting down the fall. We are going to definitely go all in on Manifest here. Yeah, Manifest week. Um, Which I feel like we've gotten through most of our must list. The other one, I don't think we've touched on it yet, is Heartstopper, which this is a series, correct? Not a movie? Yes, it's a series. Yeah, so I know it's coming April 22nd. Um, Stars teens Charlie and Nick discover their unlikely friendship might be something more as they navigate school and young love in this coming-of-age series. This one, the trailer was really fun. It drew me in. I hadn't heard of this before the trailer like dropped. Um, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I knew I'm like, okay, click. I need to see what this is. And I feel like this is going to be a really fun show for Netflix and a really different show than what we've seen. I always get worried with some of these like shows, like the love, like I've seen a lot of the one, one-off shows become one-offs. Um, I'm sure the Julian Phantom fans are out there singing the praises. They're like, yes, we know what you're talking about. Uh, I hope this one, this one has a lot of potential and just looks like a really fun, lighthearted show. We need like shows like this, I feel, um, that you can just kind of unplug. And I don't know. I, what do you think on this one? I could ramble on this one. 
I'm worried too. It looks really cute and I think it has so much potential. I want to say it's based on something, a book, something. I'm not sure. But it has a built-in fan base because I saw when they dropped the trailer, there's so much excitement and people are really looking forward to this. And that always concerns me because we see with things like Julian the Phantoms and the Babysitter's Club, they don't get a, a, a very long chance to thrive. They become underrated and short-lived and I don't want to put that out into the universe for Heartstopper. I want it to be very successful but the other on the other hand you look at history and you see that Netflix teen shows or tween shows are it's hard for them to to elbow through even if they are successful and you see them in the top 10 and fans love them online there's a disconnect between what we see on our timeline versus I guess the data that Netflix computes to renew a show. But I definitely think this one needs to be the one to stop that trend. So if you're one of those fans, watch it and also tell people to watch it. And if you see it in the top 10 on the release week on April 22nd, watch it. I will, I will be watching. I'll be checking it out because it looks very cute. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better. Um, watch it and support it because that's obviously Netflix is paying more attention to some of the streaming numbers. And like you said, it's already hard. The deck's kind of stacked against some of these kind of teen tween shows on Netflix that are originals to them. Um, so I'm really hoping this one's that one that defies the odds and gets that season two and kind of builds a solid fan base there. I feel like Outer Banks is probably in somewhat similar boat. It was a sleeper hit and really took off. So I'd love to be, you know talking about Heartstopper season two and three and, and see that one go on, especially after some of the losses we've seen. Like I know people were so disappointed with the babysitter club, Julian, the Phantom fans are continuously talking about how that one, you know, was a shocker, even, a, you know, winning some awards, both of them. So fingers crossed for that. So just like recapping, we had anatomy of a scandal, the bubble, choose or die elite season five, grace or Frankie season seven, Heartstopper, Ozark season four, part two, Russian doll season two, selling sunset season five, and White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch as our must-see titles in April. Those are just Netflix originals, though. We do have a good variety of other notable editions coming. We've got a Cinderella Stories making its way back to Netflix for like the hundredth time. It feels like this one <laughs> keeps coming and going. Um, we've got Heartland Season 14. I know fans are excited about that. Puss in Boots and Shrek Forever After are going to be joining Shrek and I believe Shrek 2 on Netflix. Um, Better Call Saul Season 5 is finally making its way in April. Queen of the South Season 5 is also making its way in April, as is Van Helsing Season 5. So a lot of Season 5s coming from outside seasons. shows. <laughs> um, so I feel like between that mix, and there's even more that aren't on that list that are coming across the month of April, it just seems like a really good month for for Netflix. And it's nice to be in that break of finally we have a lot of shows to talk about. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good stuff on our watch list this month between originals and other kind of movies and shows. So I don't think anybody will be lacking in content. <laughs> yeah, especially not April 29th. We'll be like torn between Grace and Frankie and Ozark. Yeah, just watch one Ozark and then watch a Grace and Frankie and then watch another Ozark and then watch another Grace and Frankie. And then eventually you'll run out of Ozarks and have a lot of Grace and Frankie. So. <laughs> there you have it. I can't think of a better note to end it on. Um, so that's all the time we have for today. Thank you as always for listening. And thanks again, Reed, for jumping on to talk Netflix. Tech. 
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.